Logo Centrifugal podcast. I'm uh, fortunate to be here with Ten I, the science guy. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, where they can find you, what you're All up right. to? All right, what's good? Um, my name is Ten I Riggs. I have a PhD in chemistry, organic chemistry from University of Tennessee, Knoxville, class of 2017. You can find me online, shit post on Twitter at TJRicks underscore TSB and you can find me on Instagram tonight science guy um, I'm generally on Twitter and also you can check out my website at tonight so those are the best places to find me and keep up with my ratchet stories <laughs> yeah that's something I've noticed about you man you have a I mean you try to bring a lot of value to people but you got a pretty good sense of humor about all this yeah man because it's like you know at the end of the day I don't want to be a robot <laughs> you know like Everybody that's ever met me in person offline is just like, you know, you are the exact same person online that you are offline. And it's like, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, you got a lot of people in this space that just aren't who they say they are, or they're, they're just very one-dimensional, and that's just not how I live my life. Um, I'm a very multifaceted person. I mean, I enjoy a lot of different things, and I want to bring my personality as well as, you know, value and, and educational content to people because... You know, people at the end of the day want to be entertained, and I'm an entertaining person in real life, so I might as well be entertaining on the internet, too. So that's how I do it. Yeah, man. I feel that. Um, has it ever been a struggle for you to find the right balance between those two different ends of your interests? Sometimes. Um, I think that it can be difficult when you're trying to grow and when you're trying to you know, grow your brand or you're trying to um, grow an audience it can be a little difficult because it's like, you don't really want to do too much of, you know, the entertainment and the comedy and stuff. You still want to be providing value at the end of the day. But if you can do it in a way that's, that's, you know, infotainment, um, edutainment, uh, a lot of podcasts and a lot of people that are providing value these days are, are leaning towards that because you know, it's, it's a really, it's a really easy way for people to learn. So is you just have to be mindful of trying to strike that balance. And for a little bit, it took, it took me a little bit to, to kind of figure out how to do that. But once I figured it out and was happy with, you know, how my, how my brand was growing and how my account was growing, then I just kept, you know, doing what I was doing. You know, I still, I still do, you know, a lot of educational content and I still, you know, try to make people think about what's going on around them. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm still me. Like I still like listening to Cardi B. Like <laughs> I'm not going to hide that, you know, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to let people know that that's what it is. Yeah, that's cool, man. I like that. I mean, just kind of speaking from my experience online, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have an online presence for a long time. And then now I do. And I've, you know, I very quickly realized there's a lot of opportunity on there to do a lot of things and to, and to, you know, have people that you can work with. And so I've teamed up with a lot of people with some projects and books and, and stuff like that. But there's this weird thing that starts to happen where, you know, on the one hand, you came here and you wanted to make sure you're being genuine and being true to yourself, or at least that's, that's how I feel. And it sounds like you do too. And then you have this desire to like provide value and to um, be able to, you know, help people advance their own lives. But, sometimes those two stories um, will pull you in different directions and then you have to make a choice about whether or not you want to crack the joke or whether or not you want to make the serious point or, you know, you can sit there and try to think about how you can do both. But yeah. 
but no. towing that line is kind of tricky sometimes, especially if, when you're wilding out like I am all the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's 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 facts, man. And it's you know, I, it's difficult because you know there's there are tried and true formulas for like growing your account. And it's it's fairly easy to to figure that out now, but it's it's that that that's not fun to me. It's not fun to you know just automate the the same tweet that you know you did like eight months ago like that that stuff's not fun to me it's like it's not really adding anything new of substance like i have automated tweets where it's just like information and stuff like that and you know like lists that people can follow and like threads and stuff like that because you know you do want people to see your older content but i'm just not the kind of person that's going to take old content and then like delete it and then dress it up as something new again like two months later like that's just not something i want to do like that's I want to be challenging myself and, and challenging the content that I bring. And that's why I try to, to engineer different, different points of view and, and try to put that into my tweets so that things don't get stagnant because, you know, you can look at certain pages and it's just like, all right, this person tweeted this last month, <laughs> but you can't find it because they went and deleted it. So it's just like, I don't want people to look at my account and say that, you know, I don't want people to look at you know, the things that I'm doing and say, all right, well, probably in a month from now, we're going to see that exact same tweet again. It's going to blow up again. And that's going to be what it is. I mean, the, the try and true method of growing your account is there. I just, it's, it's just not that appealing to me. I mean, I have a, I have a formula for growing my own account and most of it is just centered around providing value and, you know, making it fun to engage with. And I think that if you do that, then you can still win. You may not win at the pace of, of some other people, but I, I still think that there's there's room for the the innovators and there's room for the people that really just want to provide good value to people to thrive and and be recognized for it. Yeah, man, I I like that about you. Um, you know, the people listening probably don't know, but every once in a while you chime in in this little group I made for people to give me ideas or just to stuff. And I asked you one time, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, I said something like. Um, you know, you've, you've been pretty successful at this. What, if you could just tell me one thing, what it'd be? And you're just like, I'm just, I'm just myself, man. I'm just, I'm just here to do my thing. And, you know, and that's I shitty. Advice, the, thing, the, the thing though is that like, that's shitty advice for like 90% of people. Like you have a big enough personality <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that works, you know? <laughs> and so I knew that by saying that, that it would work for you, but you do kind of have to tailor that sometimes. So people just aren't, so people aren't comfortable with putting themselves out there. Some people aren't comfortable with, you know, just just being themselves and, and being cordial, uh, being conversational. I think that social media is a gift and a curse in a way where we're more connected than ever, but we're more disconnected than ever too because people are, you know, they're they got phone neck, like they're they're looking at their phones all day and not actually interacting with people. I came from a generation where. Um, we didn't have a lot of the technology that we have now. And so you actually had to get outside and talk to people. So like I am blessed in the fact that I'm between generations where you got the old, the super old heads that don't want to deal with the technology. And then you got the newer generation that they're just all about the technology and not interacting with each other. So I'm in that between space where it's like, I understand that it's important to get out and interact with people face to face. And then I can translate that to to being online and so that's why a lot of people you know they pass through atlanta like hey man you know i'd love to meet you you know blah 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 blah. i'm like cool let's do it (laughs) you know so um a lot i met i met several people that have that have passed through here i'm actually going to meet somebody else this weekend um 
somebody that bought one of my courses. He was like, man, your course like changed my life. He was like, whenever I'm in Atlanta, I'm definitely going to meet up with you. He's a fighting game player. And I was like, dude, final round is in Atlanta. If you're coming to final round, like, hit me up, dog. Like, let's do it, you know? And so you're going to meet up with him. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I just I, – what you see online is who I am in person. And, you know, I, I really think that a lot of people in this space would benefit from that more if they just try to be, be who they are. But I, I think people are starting to see that the problem with that is is that some people just don't have that personality. They don't have the personality to actually be engaging and, and be polarizing in a way that it's going to make people think. And, you know, sometimes that pisses people off, but, you know, it's, it's really about having a balance and, and understanding when it's time to make somebody think and when it's time to just rile somebody up. So uh, being able to, to kind of go between those two realms is, is, is a, a strong suit of mine, I think. Yeah, man, that's, that's definitely an area where I've recognized a need for growth. You know, we kind of all have these strengths and weaknesses and, and the maturing processes, um, learning how to overcome those weaknesses. And usually, you know, it's like um, you can steer around them or try to avoid those situations and then you kind of fall apart when you're in them. But if, you, if you're willing to face them a little bit and just like for me, you know, I'm listening to this conversation. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good approach because I have a tendency just to, I mean, I'm not very restrained, but at the same time, like I'm, I want people to be able to take the stuff in my life that is useful to them without, you know, like too much baggage about the stuff about me that they don't like, but it's like, well, but I want to be true to myself. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, I've been experimenting with that balance, but it's hard for me not to just say what I'm going to say and do what I'm going to do and let the cards fall where they may, because at a yeah. certain point it's like, how hard do I really want to try to, to balance these things and why not just put it myself out there and then whatever the case may be, you know, like so far so good. So let's yeah. keep it rolling. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't kick me off again. <laughs> Man, I gotta say like, it's, it's amazing to me that my account has not been suspended because I've said some wild shit to people on there. I came close one time. Um, there was the, I, I got in a fight with some, with, with some of the, the cam thotties online. And it was, it was just, it was, I made a harmless joke. It was an old, it was an old Chris Rock joke. And um, it, it went something like um, Chris Rock was like, I got two, is that I got a daughter. I got two missions in life keep her safe and keep her off the pole. And like, I tweeted that and <laughs> just out of nowhere, people are just like, Oh, you thinking about your daughter sexually? I'm like, bitch, shut up. It's a fucking joke. Like, really? Like, are y'all that sensitive on the internet now? Like, come on. So then, you know, I get, I get cam thotties from everywhere, just in my mentions camping out and I'm letting them have it. I'm just like, yo, y'all got random dick in your mouth on the internet. Y'all don't need to lecture me about morality. <laughs> People, you know, I got, I think I got a couple of my tweets reported. Um, my, my account got temporarily locked for like, like 10 minutes and then it was over with, but no, nah, I, I, I haven't, I haven't had too many brushes with of death with, with getting suspended on Twitter. So even though I'm, I'm quite surprised, but I do tend to stay away from, I know the things that will get you suspended on Twitter and like the, the groups that will get you suspended on Twitter. So I just stay away from them. I'm just like, I'm not touching that. Like it's, it's just not worth it. Cause you know, part of this is my livelihood. So I just, yeah, I, I, I try to steer clear of some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to offer advice to anybody, I would say, um, stay clear of blue checks. 
that are celebrities especially. <laughs> yes. Like a politician, you could probably say something too, as long as it wasn't like incendiary. You know, if you're not like just telling a politician, like you're a fucking idiot, you, you'd probably be good. But yeah. if you, it's a celebrity. The, the fanatics, the fanatics come out of the woodwork. Like I'm pretty sure the first time I got kicked off of there was because I was getting in arguments with Talib Kweli. <laughs> and the the droves the droves of hate coming my way just dm man. all just kind of shit it's like i was just trying yeah whatever but you know it's like oh, man. man talib okay so talib quali has single-handedly ruined his whole entire discography for me from arguing with random ass people on Twitter, it's like every single day this motherfucker is arguing with somebody. It's like, bro, you got 1.4 million followers. Why are you arguing with people that have 20? Like, what is wrong with you, man? Like, are you serious? Like, you have ruined the whole Black Star album for me. Now, I thought that was gonna be damn near impossible because that album is amazing. Yeah, but you have single-handedly ruined that listening experience for me. <laughs> and I will never forgive t- Twitter Talib Kweli for that. I even told him that, dude. I'm like, dude, I've bought your albums and the Black Star album. I like your music, but why are you doing this? <laughs> Fuck you, man. You can't tell me anything. Go, go read some books about race and come back and talk to me. Oh, man. What books? I'm not going to tell you what books. Fuck you. <laughs> it's so terrible. I need to live and take a nap, dog. It's <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, man, you said... Uh, you said Twitter is part of your livelihood. I mean, does it does it concern you that it could just be lights out at a given moment with that? I mean, uh, no, because I have email list. Um, I write pretty regularly to my email list. I make a decent living off of it. Uh, I also have you know a PhD in chemistry. Um, if I need to get out here and hustle <laughs> and, and scoop up a little job right quick, I can. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, I, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a phase right now where, you know, I am working on a, a chemistry website right now. And, um, I'm, I'm really putting myself to the, to the test here and then, you know, not working on anything else, not working, just living off savings right now. And I'm just like, all right, I gotta make this work. <laughs> this gotta work. There's no way. You know, there's there's no going back. You know, it's between the email list and savings. You know, you got to hustle up money to get that. But um, I really, you know, just just put myself to the test this time, and it it, it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, I think a year ago it would have, and I'm like, oh shit, I need a job. I got to do this. I got to do that. But um, living with the with, and using law of attraction principles, because that's what you know a lot of people know before, and and just believing that everything is okay, and that, and believing that everything is okay, working steadily towards the outcome. Um, that has has provided me a lot of comfort and safety, and I firmly believe that as long as you're working in your purpose, that you're protected. So I just continue to work and and do the things that I need to do, and just let everything else sort itself out. When you say protected, you got like a protector in mind there specifically. Um, no. Um, I I think that the I think that the universe aligns to to bring you what you want. Um. I think a lot of people, we talk about reciprocity. We talk about reciprocity in relationships with each other, but I don't think a lot of people think about reciprocity with the universe. And, you know, if you're, if you're thinking things intentionally and you're acting in an intentional way, then because you are born of the universe, you are born of the same things and the universe is, is going to give you reciprocity and 
It's going to give you what you're working for and it's going to give you what you focus on every day. So as long as you're working within that and as long as you are taking the steps that you need to do to progress and grow every day, then the universe is going to help you out. Like the universe, the universe is, is, is the cheat code. This is, this is your hidden friend behind the scenes saying, Hey, I believe in you as long as you believe in yourself. But you know, you have to put forth the work, you have to put forth the effort and then the universe is going to meet you halfway. Yeah, man, you know, a lot of what I talk about when I am trying to, you know, offer tools to people is there are things like there are, there are laws and rules and things of, of certain stuff. And you can, you can rely on those comfortably. Like the law of physics doesn't, you know, physics doesn't change around or if it does, like it doesn't in a way that we've noticed yet in a certain sense, like quantum quantum stuff gets pretty interesting and everything, but you know, like basically you can rely on these things and it's the same with any laws that you follow too. Like if you have, if you have principles and rules and, and you act according to them, then it takes you down a certain path and certain things necessarily happen. It's the same with biology, you know, like if you have these genetics and you eat these foods at these times, specific biological imperatives are going to happen stuff is going to happen to your body. And it's like, it's the same with how you think. If you, if you think a certain way over and over again, um, that's going to be what you focus on and what you focus on is how you act and how you act is what you get. So it's not like, it's very interesting to me that that end of success and that end of being able to accomplish your goals is so confusing to people. It's just like, it's, it's very simply if this, then that, and however you want to get there, it's pretty undeniable that that's how it is. Like you can manifest, right? And since this is a universe that relies on laws, manifestation relies on laws, right? right? And we can probably discover them using the scientific method, same way we've discovered everything else that we can rely on, right? Yep. So let's take a look at it. No. <laughs> that's too much. <laughs> that's too much. These are the same people that ask you for, for a peer review paper, if you say if you say anything outside of mainstream medicine, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up! Like, y'all weren't gonna read these papers anyway. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you you already decided that you weren't going to believe me. That's why you're throwing this dickhead insult at me. And so, why would I why would I play your game for you? Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> like, if you want to fight, I'll give you a fight. I'll fight you. <laughs> Man, I was I think I was having this discussion with somebody earlier today and I'm just like, man, I I'm not finna argue with nobody online. Like especially unless you paying me. You paying me, I I'll argue with you. I'll argue with you all day. I mean I my rate is hundred fifty dollars an hour. If you wanna argue for that rate, I will be more than glad to argue with you. But like if I ain't getting paid for this, nah, homie. Because my time is too valuable. Like, you know, it's it's when when you argue with people, you validate their point. And the longer you argue with somebody, the more you validate it. And it's like, if I don't believe this shit, why would I sit here and argue with you about it? Like, why would I sit here and like further give credibility and attention to your argument if I don't think it's correct? Like, why, why would you, you just starve it of energy? It's like a fire. Whenever you want to smother a fire, you deprive it of oxygen. But like people keep breathing life into shit that they don't like and then wonder why it keeps popping up. And it's like, dude, that's classic law of attraction. Like you're giving attention to these things and then you wonder why they keep manifesting. Even if you're saying, oh, this is something I don't want to happen, you're still giving energy to it. The more energy you give to it, the more it's going to grow in effect. So it's like, I'm not going to argue with you. Like I'm not, like I, 
I've researched this stuff. Anything I bring to, to my timeline is something that I've researched and put hours of research into on my own. And I don't just bring stuff to the timeline half-assed unless it's, you know, some memes or, or some funny gifts or something like that. But if it's like actual factual scientific knowledge, like I put work into it. You know, I know how to research. I know how to look things up online. I know how to get through peer-reviewed papers. I know, I also know how to spot when peer-reviewed papers are propagandized. Like it's, 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 it's a war of, of, of your mind out here. Like there are a lot of narratives that you, that you have to kind of navigate through out here. And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, look, you can find an argument for or against anything online. It's up to you to actually do the tests, do your Googles, do all these things that you need to do to make sure that this aligns with what you want. Because, you know, I can find you a paper that says that something does something and it'll agree or disagree with your point. But if you don't do the experimentation on yourself for yourself, then it's not really going to be a practical solution for you anyway. Yeah, man. I'm a lot the same way about certain things. I'm, I get pretty almost like borderline obsessive about subjects. Sometimes, you know, I just, I catch a bug and then I want to know everything about it or I want to, you know, I have this goal and I just have to get it done and it consumes me. And then I typically want to like, I learned somewhere along the way, you should probably teach that stuff because it locks it in place for you. Number one. And then number two, it kind of plants seeds for people to develop as you go along. And I've been on this narrative kick lately and it's really, it's one of those moments where you have, you're like on a certain paradigm and then click, 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 click. And then boom, it's a whole new world because you start seeing it. And it's, and like, I've always known that there are stories that are told that are planned to have a certain thing happen to you, but, or, you know, like to shape your opinion. But as I've gotten into the study and like my desktop right now is covered in PDFs of all these narrative warfare and weaponized warfare and mimetic research and, and from governments and from militaries and from independent researchers. And I've just been diving in and I've been offering just like base level stuff on Twitter and these threads and, and in my emails and stuff. But the even deeper things like it, you have to lead people into it because it gets pretty terrifying once you realize all the stories that are being told all the time and by whom and for what. It's just like, oh man, and then you start seeing it everywhere. Oh, you're you're a pawn. Oh, you might even be doing it on purpose. Pawn, 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 pawn. Every every like official person out there is a pawn. And then you start to look who the masters are. It's a trip, dude. No, no, it's agents everywhere, man. Agents everywhere. So <laughs> And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> One time for the lurkers. One time for the lurkers. We know y'all out there. We appreciate it. <laughs> So, law of attraction. A lot of people, I think, have a pretty misguided conception of what that means. Like, I'll give you an example. I've, I've met a number of people in my life who have read The Secret and then gotten pretty, pretty uh, enthusiastic about one end of things, which is like, let's say I want a boat because that was a specific example that I talked to a person about. I want a boat. I want a boat. And they totally missed the whole point of like, yeah, you focus on a boat and you think about a boat and you have your vision board with the boat, et cetera. You know, you have a wallpaper of a boat and you think about a boat, but you actually have to go out and take the steps necessary to get to it too. Like the vision is what you have faith in and then you act on your faith. You know, you, you pick a direction and you choose but no, man, I'm just envisioning the boat and the boat's going to come to me. 
It's like you might be able to move it closer to you by picturing it, but you got to move towards it as well. Like, you know, it's like reciprocity right there. Right. No, that's 100% facts. Like people forget that action is embedded in attraction. You you think you you do all the visualization work, but you don't do any of the action. And it's like they even tell you that holy book said they say in the Bible, faith without works is dead. Like it doesn't matter if you think that something's gonna happen. If you're not taking the steps toward this goal or this thing that you want to happen, it's not gonna happen for you. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's hard to know what steps to take, but if you that's where the visualization work comes in. If you can see what you want then the steps to get there become more obvious because you, you know, you start moving towards it and then you run into an obstacle and you have to solve that level of obstacle and then you move on. Right. Success leaves clues, like true success leaves clues. So whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you want, there's likely somebody else that's had it at some point. All you have to do is go look at what they did, reverse engineer what they did to get back to the beginning and then just follow that path verbatim. And most of the time you're going to be good. There's a saying I've been saying for a lot of years and it keeps popping up and you almost just said it, but it's follow the pattern. And you basically just said exactly what, it, what I mean by that, which is like, look, there's a way to do a thing and there's steps inside of that way. And all you have to do is look at somebody who's already done it. Cause like you said, almost guaranteed, almost a hundred percent of everything you could ever want to do has been done or at least something very similar has been done and all it would require is a little tweak. And all you have to do is look at the people who've done it best and just copy it. We're, you know, we're copying creatures. We monkey yeah. see, monkey do. And if you just look at the person who does it best and copy them, you've got it. Like there's nothing that could hold you back. Yeah. It's easy enough to know that. Why do you think people don't? Cause people are lazy. <laughs> it's not that they can't do it. It's that they don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> If everybody's on board until the work has to get done, like everybody's on board with, you know, oh yeah, you know, this, this sounds great. This sounds, you know, this sounds like a good idea. And then, you know, when it's time for the work to actually get done, you know, you maybe get one or two people staying around, but that's it. You know, people, people are, are, are as invested as, as the amount of work they, that they want to put in. The average person doesn't want to put in that amount of work. They just want to think that good things are going to happen to them. I think also too, some of it may be a degree of ignorance. I think a lot of people, don't know that this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, it's dual fold. I mean, a lot of people are just unaware. And when you're, when you're unaware of, of your surroundings and, and how your surroundings work, then you don't know what questions to ask. And if you don't know what questions to ask, you'll never be able to get to the conclusion that you truly want. So a lot of it has to do with awareness and perception. I mean, that's, that's, that's relativity. That's, that's one of the universal laws. Like everything is relative to what you know. So, you know, I could know, I could be in one space and know where one exit is, but somebody that's been working in that same space for 30 years can know where all four exits are. I only know where one of them is. Now, is he, now, is, am I wrong in saying that there's only one way to get out? No, because it's the only way that I know to get out. But the other person can say, no, there's actually four ways to get out there. Here, 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 and here. That person is also correct because it's relative to what he knows about his surroundings. So you have to, if you don't know, the, the, the rules and you don't know the, the signs and symbols and the way that things work within the system and the structure that you're in, you're going to be in for a bad time. <laughs> like you're at the very least, you're just, you're, you're going to be behind others that understand everything, all the dimensions of the space that you're in at the worst, you're, you're, you're going to be pretty messed up in the game. So you, it's, it's important for people to, to seek that knowledge because 
your boundaries expand, the more knowledge you acquire, the more useful knowledge that you acquire, the more that you have dimensions and depth within your space, the, the better you're able to, to move and shake around it. The, the key example that I give is about um, the different dimensions in the space. So, you know, we live in a 3D reality, but within that 3D reality, you also have 2D and 1D. Now, if I'm looking at something from the road and it looks flat to me, then that's only, that's, that's a 2D part of reality, right? But once I come off the road and I start going around the object, then I can see the dimensions. I can start to see the depth. I'm traveling towards that object. The closer I get towards that object, the more of it I'm able to see. So I can make better judgments about it knowing how much depth it actually has. It's just like playing a video game from going from a 2D side scroller to a 3D adventure action game. If you're on the 2D side scroller, you don't know what's behind the trees. But as soon as it turns 3D, you can start walking around the tree and see what's over there. You can see if there's a bird's nest. You can see if there's a hole. You can't see those things if you don't have all of the dimensions and all of the depth that you need. And a lot of people are operating on limited depth. They're operating on limited perception of what is actually around them. This is why people can't understand how extreme wealth and extreme poverty exist in the same space. It's all about perception. It's all about how you see what's around you. If you can see opportunity in everything, then you can be in a space of wealth. If you don't see opportunity in everything, you're going to be in a space of poverty. All of that is mindset. You know, as you were saying that to me, I was, I was imagining that I was um, kind of zooming in on, on a person and then I was going into the cellular level and then I turned around and was looking out of the cell and just kind of zooming out again. Um, and one of the things I noticed, and this seems to be pretty too, true universally, is like there's a point where, like if you're imagining you're in a cell, there's a point like you, you don't zoom out at a steady state. You know, you get to the edge of the cell and then you just, and then you're at the next kind of level. Yeah. And like you leave, you leave your body and then it's the earth. Then you leave the earth and it's like, oh man, now there's this giant thing. And, and even, like even in the 3D world, there are there are infinite layers for you to expand that 3D perception too, and it, and right at the edges, you know, there's always that turbulence. Like even a sonic boom, you know, you get to the edge and there's the turbulence, and then boom, you know, you break through and there's this big paradigm shift. It just or even just like the tables with the you know like the salt on the vibration table, you know, you have the frequency and then it falls apart and then it coalesces back into something more complicated, and that seems to be an infinite process. So like you talked about you have a piece and you have a certain understanding and that understanding is true as far as you can tell, but then some discrepancy comes in or some additional piece of information and Oh, now I'm here. And I, and you know, and I see this level and it's ever, it seems to be as far as a human being is concerned and our capacities limited as they are, that that process is infinite. I mean, mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be an end to how far we can take our intellect. And then if you're willing to act according to those revelations i guess you can accomplish anything you set your mind to pretty much but you don't even see the things on certain levels until you get there yeah like ant doesn't notice the skyscraper and and we wouldn't notice that you know like a galactic level thing would not make any sense to a human being right so i guess given that if i was going to turn that rant into a question i wonder at what level do you think people should be applying their intent most intensely to get the most out of what they're doing? Oh, uh, you really should just, a lot of people need to harness their focus. Um, and, and 
and have and like hone their ability to sh- to focus on things for an extended period of time. I know I'm bad about this, so like I've been practicing lately with, you know, whenever I'm doing any kind of work, leaving my phone in another room, you know, timing myself to get certain activities done. It's like we we live in a, in an area or in a state of of history where we're around so much external stimuli. There's so many things vying for our attention at all times. And it's information overload. It's a wonder that people are still actually functional. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people, and that's where the disconnectedness comes from is because your attention is being taken in like four different, and shit, four is just generous, but your, your attention is being taken in so many different directions. And so focus really is a superpower now. Like if you, having the ability to focus on one specific thing is, is, is a superpower. You know, multitasking is overrated. A lot of people that multitask, that's a good way to be mediocre at a lot of stuff. You'll never truly be great when you multitask. The true power comes in focus and being able to just do one activity, focus on that one activity for a set amount of time. That's when you see the most strides. That's when you see the most progress. And I think that that's what a lot of people are starting to, to realize is, you know, when you have that focus, you have that dedication, then you're able to move mountains a lot faster than if you're trying to move them, you know, move a little bit here, move a little bit there, you know, circle back around, get a little bit over there. No, you got to focus on this one spot. You focus on this, you keep focusing on this, you're going to be good. Yeah, man, you know, this aligns a lot with the chain of thought I was having last night. I was just wondering, like, like I talked about earlier, you know, I get, I get so honed in on things sometimes. And it, it like it really flares my passion, you know. I get borderline obsessive, like I said, because I'm I'm so into it. You know, I really want to get this thing done or learn this thing, and it, and I love it. And that's why it's like, okay, I'm gonna wake up early. I'm gonna stay up late. I just I want I want to have this thing happen. And it's not always like that. And I was considering why, like, what is it about these things that that puts me into that state where I just like I'm willing to make sacrifices on a lot of other levels to make this one thing happen. Because a lot of people don't have that in them. They don't have that connection to their passion and that drive. Because I don't feel tired. I don't feel stressed. You know, like when I get into those zones, I'm loving it. Um, so the thing I, the, the only thing I could really think of, like there's natural interests or things that catch your, your, your fascination or whatever. But I have a lot of those things. And what are the ones that catch? It's the ones that I think about and write about. And, you know, it's the focus. Because when you do focus in on a thing, you know, it, it takes up more and more space and resources and you start spending them on developing what it is that you're focusing on. You know, we are goal attainment creatures and a lot of the way that we attain goals is by developing further the things we're already doing, getting better at stuff. And so if you focus in, that's the only thing I could really think of that puts me into those places. Like, oh man, I really love this one thing because I've been thinking about it and I can't get it out of my head and so I'm going to get it done so I can push it to the side. It's almost like a relief thing. Instead of like, I don't have to talk myself into it. I got to talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So do you ever, like you ever experienced stuff like that where you just, you get so tuned into something that the kind of the rest of the world falls by the wayside? Yeah, man. People say like, people call that flow state. And I don't really know what it is. I just call it, I, I call it being on fire. Like when you're, when you're just on fire and you just, you're, you're being consumed by this information. So, so the first time it's really happened to me, I was on, I was an undergrad and I was researching the Illuminati, right? 
Hmm. So because like everybody's into the Illuminati back then, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you, you, everybody's getting into the, the Alistair Crowley stuff, and, you know, because it's in the rap videos, and everybody's like, <laughs> oh, you know, these people are Illuminati, blah, 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 blah. And I remember just going down this rabbit hole of, you know, Freemasonry, uh, talking about Knights Templar, um, talking about the different you know, orders of, of Freemasons. I didn't know that um, the Statue of Liberty was was actually a gift from French Freemasons. And I found that out. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And, you know, just looking at the different practices, what people believe. And then that led into, like, you know, the government mind control. And it's just, you could just get lost in that stuff for hours and hours because there's so much. Like, this is like when when your mind gets blown like that, it's like, oh, like, how much else is there? Is there more? Like, how much more? Like, I want to know. Like, how much more is it? You know, so you find those things out and, you know, it just it just sets you on fire and you just, you want to know, you want to know, you want to know, you want to know. There's like so much there. It's just like, oh, I just got to figure out. Like, there's, there's more here. Like, I got to, I got to get some more out of this, you know? So I, I've definitely experienced that before. And I also experienced it with putting out content. It's like, whenever somebody hmm. tells me, hey, what you told me or what you, what you said about this, like really resonated with me. Or it really like I use this and I help you know one of I help myself heal or I help one of my family members heal like my family members been dealing with this this disease for X amount of time I told them what you said and like now they're fine and it's just like those are the times where I'm just like yo that's tight <laughs> that's super tight like because that's you know that's that's all I ever want for for people is to use the things that they have around them to to better themselves and better their lives and. You know, whenever, whenever those things happen, it just motivates me to put more content together and, and put more things out there so that, that people can experience those level, level ups and experience life how it's supposed to be. I like that, man. That's, that's pretty similar to my mission. You know, like, a lot of what I'm doing is a filtering process. Are you willing to take me on a genuine level? You know, because I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to use a lot of convincing tactics that leave me feeling greasy afterwards. Right, I mean, right. I've sold vacuums door to door. I've sold real estate mentoring programs and stuff. Like I know the I know the cheat codes you get in your head, but I don't like to do that. It makes me feel bad about myself. Right. I want to feel that way. So how can I get through? Well, it's like, look, man, I'm just going to throw this stuff out there, and then I'm also going to throw this other stuff out there. And part of it is just like, look, there's a reason I know this shit. And it's because you know the the ways that I'm foolish, I've had to overcome. And a lot of people share the same ways that I'm foolish and maybe just didn't go so deep and then come back out. It's like, I've learned a lot of stuff, man. You know, I've been through counseling, done a lot of like mental reprogramming on myself. I've had to learn all the tools. I've had to learn NLP. I've had to learn all these feedback routines and visualization techniques. And most of it's been on my own because I had the drive. I had the desire. I didn't want to be fucked up. I didn't want to be causing problems for other people or for myself. Now that I know a lot of these things, like I can teach you how to harness your mind and use it to your advantage and, and set up, you know, conditioned responses to certain things that you struggle with so that you automatically start ahead of the game by this is how I act when this happens. You still have to choose from there. It's not like, it's not like brainwashing, but then I learned all this shit and then I started seeing other people actually using it everywhere. And like, you just like, I know that you understand the power of story. I've read your threads. I've read a bunch of your stuff. You know, I've been following you for a long time. And story is one of those things that you use all the time to really tie people in. And you're good at, you're good at like having a sensational title and then kind of getting into the nitty gritty, you know, like 
you, you attract them with a little bit of like, hey, headlines, because I have to have a headline because everybody else does. Right. Uh, but look, here's some reasonable stuff for you to chew on. So what do you think the average Joe out there could do to better convey their story? Because you said, you know, like a lot of people, maybe they don't have the personality to do this stuff, but maybe they do and they just don't know how to bring it out of themselves. So what would you tell someone trying to develop their own storytelling skills where they could get the most advantage out of with the, you know, the most efficiency? It, it's, it may sound counterintuitive, but like asking questions, asking questions and listening to people is the best way to learn how to tell a story because you will get stories by proxy. Like people will just tell you stuff about themselves and you can then figure out how to distill it in a way to then use your own content that way. Because when people tell stories or when, when you ask people questions, people are dying to talk about themselves, all right? People, for the most part, are very selfish and they can't wait to be asked a question. <laughs> so when you ask somebody a question, that's a huge opportunity to, to get part of their story and to, to exhibit genuine care about that person. And when you're, and we actually like dialed into what this person is talking about, it's easy to understand how they go through their highs and lows. And you know, just ask the question like, you know, how did you feel about this, this time of your life? And generally people will just hand you the blueprint. They're like, Oh man, I felt like this, you know, this person, you know, did this thing to me and you know, I didn't feel great about it. And you know, that, cause they're speaking from a real experience. All stories come from authenticity. Every single story that's worth being told is coming from an authentic, real place. And the best way to get that energy from somebody is if you genuinely ask questions about them. You care about them more than you care about yourself. You care about helping them more than you care about helping yourself. When you do that, people are going to open up to you. They're going to tell you every possible story that you could ever imagine. And then from there, the only thing you got to do is, is either take a mental inventory or write it down. And then from there, you can look at, oh, this, when this person said this, it made me feel this way. And you just take that and you put it on your own story. Like you, again, this is reverse engineering and engineering success, but you just have to create your success first. And the easiest way to create success is to let people talk about themselves. Like, again, people are dying to talk about themselves. They want everybody to hear about how bad they have it and, you know, how fucked up things are. And, oh, you know, you just don't know. Back in my day, you know, people are dying to tell stories like that. Get around your elders. Your elders if you're fortunate enough to still have them or you're, or you're fortunate enough to have a community of elders, they're dying to tell stories about how they grew up because there's such a disconnect from the older generation, the newer generation, because there's a technology divide. So if you can go tap into that old generation, they got baller ass stories. Like people, people think that I'm a good storyteller, but it's like, I'm a good storyteller because I'm a good listener. And I really want to understand why you feel the way you do what things you've gotten, what things you've gone through in your life that make you feel this way, like, like what you've had to overcome in order to get here, because I want to use that as a template for my own success. And when you can learn from other people, that's when you can start to tell a killer story. Like if, if, if you're not interested in learning from anybody and observing what's going on around you, you're never going to tell a good story. It doesn't matter how much personality you have. You can be the, you can be like the, the talk of the town, but people are eventually going to get tired of you because you're just taken from them. Like you're, you're taking away their time. You're taking away their attention by focusing on yourself. 
But when you focus on other people, you're focusing on giving them your time, giving them your attention, giving them your ear. And when you give, you're going to receive. And so when you're given that, you're going to receive the blueprint or to tell a good story. Hmm. Yeah, man. Sounds a lot like you're talking just being curious on your way to, you know, progress. Yeah, that's really it. I like that because one of the things that people really appreciate is having a little skin in the game. And if the answer to their problem comes from their own mouth in response to a question that you asked them, you know, first of all, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, you know, I answered my own question. And then they're going to look at you and go, Oh, I see what you did there. That was very good. Yeah. And, you know, like I have a, I have a guy that I work with and he's my direct manager. And it's interesting because, you know, people, people have their, their mask, their persona, and, and they have their energy that they give off. And, you know, they even have a voice that lives inside of your head that is like your mental representation of them. And I will sometimes walk into his office and then I'll just kind of look at him and I'll know what he's going to ask me about the situation. And I'll go, Oh yeah. Okay. Here's my answer. And I'll just walk out the office. And, and it's the same kind of thing. Like you, you know, you ask a few questions and it leads people down a certain path. And then it seems more often than not, people have the answer to their problem already within themselves. There's just like a, there's like a mess of stuff in front of it that they have to clear out to see the answer clearly. Um, what do you think, what do you think, uh, causes that? Or why do you think that's there? You think there's a purpose to that or it's just the limitations of our hardware or what do you think that is about? I think it goes back to perception and, and what you're able to, to realize. Um, I think that the, the more you're able to, to tune in the, the less mental junk you'll have and the less you'll, you'll be disconnected from people. So, I mean, it is, it is part of, you know, just being disconnected and, and that, that software hardware limitation that you say, but all those things can be upgraded. And most of that just comes from you getting out and interacting with people, getting new experiences um, just being less concerned and, and less self-absorbed. Like that's the number one people, that's the number one problem people have. People are too self-absorbed. When you start to take that out of the equation, then everything else starts to starts to lighten up and then you're able to see a lot clearly and then interact with people in, in a meaningful way in most of in most of the situations and most of the time that you come in contact with people. That's nice, man. So look, we've covered a lot of ground. And from what I've heard so far, I mean, there's a lot of higher order stuff and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ways of looking at things that maybe people haven't woken up to, but from everything I've heard you say, it basically comes down to um, showing a little heart to other people first and, and all your stuff, all the additions to your life are going to come from there. Is that, is that about sum up what you're Absolutely. Absolutely. When the, the act of giving is the act of receiving. So whatever you're willing to give is what you'll also receive. So just, you know, you have to obviously don't be naive and, and like, you know, don't don't give shit to people that don't deserve it. Uh, but definitely be willing to put yourself out there and be willing to to want to put other people first. I mean, that's that's how you gain genuine friendships. That's how you gain um, uh, genuine connections and just, just really caring about people leading with value. That's, what people, that's what, when people say that you need to lead with value. That's what they're talking about. Like you, you're, you're leading caring about somebody else and their problem versus caring about your own shit. You know, mm. so, like people have enough stuff to worry about on a daily basis. They don't want to worry about your shit too, you know? So, I mean, it kind of just is what it is with that. 
but yeah, you just only thing you really need to do is just care about people and care about what they're going through, and you're gonna find everything that you're looking for. Hell yeah, you know. Um, I'm just gonna say one thing for my final thought. I'll give you a chance to do the same, and you can remind people where you're at, and then we'll wrap this up. But whenever I have a conversation with a smart person, um, and I'm just curious to learn what I can from them, like this conversation, a lot of almost every time some of the advice from my dad just comes back to me. You know, I have a wise dad and I kind of didn't give a damn about that wisdom for a long time. And, but all the shit he said to me over and over again still lives in there. And mm-hmm. he always told me, I always leave things better than when you got there. And if you can, if you can just replace things with people, you know, always leave people better than when you met them. Absolutely. That's, that's a winning policy there for sure. And that's kind of my final thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And no, I don't have really much to add, man. Just be good to each other and, you know, care. People, this is a great quote from John C. Maxwell. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So care about people and care about what they got going on in their life. And you'll genuinely find good people that want to be around you and want to have your best interest at heart. Can you say that quote one more time? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, I like it. That's a great way to finish it off. Tell them where they can find you again one more time tonight. You can find me online on the Twitters. You can find me at TJRicks underscore TSP. You can also find me on Instagram, tonight the Science Guy. And you can check out my website, TonightTheScienceGuy.com, where you can subscribe to daily emails, which gives you a little bit a little bit longer form content than what I normally put on Twitter. It's, it's focused around the, the same general things, but you get a, a in-depth chat with me every day if you sign up for the email list. So, so sign up, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And I'll put links to all that in the show notes. And, and when's your chemistry situation going to be ready? Um, I'm hoping <laughs> it should have been ready like a week ago, but I'm still – Still editing some stuff. I got most of the information done, so I'm hoping to have this launched by, by Monday. I, I got wind that most of the kids were on spring break at this point in time, so I'm like, okay, I bought myself a little bit of time, but it's getting crunch time, so I, I need to go ahead and get that done. Okay, well, let's put a link to that in the show notes, too. You know? All right, yeah, so the, the, the website is called hackorganicchemistry.com, H-A-C-K-O-R-G-A-N-I-C. C-H-E-M-I-S-T-R-Y.com, hackorganicchemistry.com. There's going to be um, study materials, practice tests, um, tutoring services, like anything that you can think of for organic chemistry. If you're a professional student, uh, pre-farm, pre-med, pre-dental, or, or if you're one of the brave souls that wants to get a degree in chemistry, you got to slay the organic chemistry beast at some point, and I'm here to help you do that. Nice. All right, dude. Well, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me on, Chance. Yeah, man.